Welcome back to Wiseman Podcast. I'm Sean Glimmis, your co-host, and I'm here with my other co-host, Arlen Golden. How are you doing, Arlen? <laughs> Who's your other co-host? That's what I was. You're hiding back there. <laughs> this is this is a bit of a uh, uh, a weird episode. Um, obviously, like as you see this pop in your feed, you're probably like, "What the heck?" Um, anyway, so. Uh, we're just going to chalk it up to that, but, um, we are here to discuss Frederick Wiseman's 46th film, Un Couple, a couple, uh, which is, we're, 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 first off, we're not trying to do our typical deep dive as you'll also probably see by the runtime. Um, but we are just kind of like going to do uh, a quick review, sort of like our thoughts um, a couple of days after having watched it and be part of the, be a part of the discourse that we, that we collect for each episode. Um, and then later down the line, when we get to, to a couple within the sequence of his films, we'll, we'll do like a deeper dive and, and have a guest. Yeah, when uh, somebody does, like, Weissman Podcast Revisited in, like, 40 years, then they can go back to this episode as one of the uh, er contemporaneous reviews to look at. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Um, So, what is a couple? We kind of talked about (laughs) it on the last episode, um, but uh, now that we've seen it, um, you know, it's... it's, and, And he told us what it was. During our interview, actually. Um, he did, yeah. Earlier I mean, as, as far as I know, that was the, the announcement uh, yeah. to the public. But, I mean, obviously a, a select uh, group of John Davy and some French people had a, had an idea. But other than that... Right, right. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, his hour-long um, fictional film, which is a monologue. Um, and with just one actress, Natalie Botafu. Uh, um, I'm leaving that to you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, it is, she plays Sophia Tolstoy, who is the, the wife of, uh, historically the wife of um, Leo Tolstoy. And it's her, um, uh, it's her diary basically fictionalized um, through her monologue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, you could have called this film Sophia's Diary. Um, <laughs> you, you could, and you could have also called it The Last Letter. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it's it's a little striking how consistent Weissman is when he picks these uh, fictional uh, side projects. You know, it, it's it's a one woman show. You know, in all three cases. Um, and just like you said, monologuing and, and it's almost as if he's <laughs> he, like stored up all of the direct address and talking heads that people might've expected from any of his documentaries across the years and just like let them all out in these yeah. three fictional pieces. Right. Um, and also with the consistent point, um, as Esther made a point of saying, uh, they each come 20 years apart. Um, yeah interesting yeah 82 2002 2022 
obviously I don't think that that's by design because he did this out of uh, COVID. Like this was made yeah. during COVID as a way to keep working since he couldn't do uh, a documentary feature, uh, which is what he's working on now. But yes. Um, and it, it takes place uh, in this garden in Belle Isle um, on like this, in this coastal French town. And, and um, it is just, Sophia walking around this garden, sitting, um, just kind of gazing. And it's a series of shots. And it's, it, as he told us, it's shot in two, 2.0, I, I believe, to one ratio and um, shot by John Davy. And it's sometimes it's her walking. Um, sometimes it's her just sitting and talking. And sometimes she's reading a letter like on a rock. Um, and sometimes she's addressing the camera um and sometimes it's just nature shots like waves and rocks and flowers and trees and she's also seen the film is bookended by um her inside at different places um at a desk basically yeah yeah i i had the first time i watched it i i thought the ending was like the only suddenly we're inside but as i revisited i recall that it, it was it opens uh the first time she speaks is inside as well but it's just it's very striking because the film um is so like visually lush you know and vibrant in color like like i think the aspect ratio the the 2.0 is is pretty striking um for weissman because like just um formally and structurally it the shots look like typical Weissman fair, you know, like, like we get these long sequences that, that we can draw connections to like the, the lily pad shots or mm-hmm. the pil- pillow sequences in his documentaries, you know, they wouldn't be out of place there, but there's, there's this kind of dynamic framing and like this vibrancy of the color palette, you know, I'm, I'm sure they did some work in post on it um that that heightens the reality a little bit um and and gives the this extra uh artful artfully visual quality um that that might you know if if he were to employ it in a documentary it might you know carry some different connotations or or it might be like gilding the lily a little bit um but here it's you know very appropriate in a fictional work yeah, yeah, it definitely does look. It it doesn't look like just like um he and an actress just like and a camera just like went to the garden, yeah. you know. Um it does have like not quite surreal. Surreal is too strong a point, but um it it, it, it pops. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah. What so what are your we, we don't have to get into like <laughs> themes and stuff yet, but what 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 do you think? What what was your reaction? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um it I think I think I, I it was a bit of a journey in terms of my reaction, you know, in terms of like I think I started out like, you know, I'm I'm here, I'm watching Weisman, you know, the first <laughs> like couple minutes is like a documentary called Beach, you know, and the seagull shows up and you're like, Whoa, hey mm-hmm. <laughs> Um and then, you know, the meat uh, of the film kind of starts and and you you settle into its rhythms and I think you know uh, as as we know I'm I'm a doc guy I like docs uh, when I wa- when I watch fiction films 
you know, if you're, I always say like, if you're going to make something up, like make something up, you know, I, I don't turn to scripted content really for like realistic stuff. I'm, I'm yeah. like, uh, I'll, I'll air towards like genre or, or surrealism or things like that. Um, but so like initially it was not super inviting to me, but I think, and especially because it's so centered on performance, um, and like it, it is a very, um, rehearsed and like actorly performance in a way that maybe isn't also like just kind of in line with my sensibilities. You know, I, you, you can tell that it's, I'm an actor acting right now, you know? Right, right. Um, and like, but I think, you know, as we talk about often as, uh, the scenes progress and the meaning accumulates like it's just impossible to deny like the raw emotion and pathos of what's being expressed you know and like just the honesty of the emotions that Sophia is expressing through these letters you know is it's just undeniable and and like it hits you know it, it, it hits you to the core in a certain way um you know, I think we all have, or, you know, many of us have, uh, experiences with relationships, you know, long-term or otherwise. And, and, you know, viewers are likely to, you know, probably dig into their own like mental Rolodex of experiences when watching this film and, and think about, you know, how, how they have sacrificed, how a partner may have sacrificed, you know, what has been asked of each member of a relationship in their lives. You know, I certainly found myself doing that. So, so, you know, by the time the hour three minutes is up, like you're really taken on a journey, I think, you know, through, you know, obviously the Tolstoys, but, you know, also kind of your own experience with, with relationships. And, you know, as I'm sure we'll talk about, there's this, um, allegorical, you know, relevance here to, to Weissman himself and his relationship, uh, with Sapora. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also, when you were talking about honesty, like that's kind of what hit me as yeah. well. Like I found it such a sincere film in a way that you might not expect, or just like, not us maybe because we're so deep into the Wiseman thing, but like just in the abstract, like coming to a project that looks like this, you might not expect sincerity or if it's sincere, it might be hard to really grasp how, like it might, it might be hard to connect with that sincerity in a way that this just feels like so straightforward um, in a certain way, like in terms of just like conveying emotions, like uh, yes, it's not like, like linearity doesn't really matter here because it's kind mm -hmm. of like jumping all over the relationship and she's like she's changing or her outfits are changing and going back and forth and whatever and um you just kind of like see her in different spots and so there isn't really like a linear like uh progression um but so so it's really just her talking about this relationship and these you know facts and, or her like feelings about it just sort of like accumulate and you get a better idea but um but yeah like there are so many little bits like uh, there are so many nuggets that she says that just like hit you as just like poetic things that like really do resonate for people with like relationship experiences um 
that are it, it, it's very articulate and it just kind of like keeps stacking those on top of each other in a way that's really impressive um and also doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like he's just like you know okay i'm just gonna drop all these like good lines like it's put together in a way that like feels like emotional um and really uses the source to to its strength and, and the strength of of um film um but it, it is really funny that it is like the exact opposite of like his his usual films like even um in um past guest esther uh rosenfield's review she talked about like how she is addressing the camera and that's like talking talking to the camera in a way that you see talking heads in documentaries and of course like the only way wiseman would ever do that is is if he's making making a fictional film right um but but yeah uh i don't i don't know there's just like um the feeling though that really pulled me in about that sincerity in a way that like in a way that's not just universal is like you're saying with this autobiographical uh thing which is like for us is like unavoidable um and i don't really see a reason to avoid it to be honest like i think that's just how uh our tourism works and how a lot of like literary criticism works um with like figures that are that are well known well i mean you gotta figure you know at this point in his life that his wife had just died you know recently uh you know taking on this subject matter about like this relationship this married relationship between you know uh, sophia i guess was an author in her own right um but you know definitely played second fiddle i guess to uh leo tostoy you know who we all know uh, by name um like like the parallels are just there they're apparent you know and i think you, they need to be addressed and it's like you know what what is this for weisman is it therapy is it masochism you know is he haranguing himself like uh through sophia being like a a stand-in for his wife from beyond the grave, you know, telling him all the things he, he feels within himself to be true that, but may have never been expressed, you know, in their relationship. I mean, all we can do is speculate about that. And I suppose we, someone might ask him at some point, but like, like you, you just wonder, you know, what, what is, I don't even know if appeal is the right word because it, it seems like a harsh, it seems harsh almost from, from Weissman's perspective, but, but it's, it's him being honest with himself, I think. And mm-hmm. Sof- Sophia being honest with her, her spouse. Um, and it's like, yeah, what, what is the, the drive for him with this material at this point in his life and career? Yeah. And that, that reminds me too, like, it also is just like the source is literary and, um, which is just like, part of his whole thing where he's always influenced more by literature than, uh, mm-hmm. than cinema. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I think that that's where I think you can get that sincerity without knowing like what you just said. But, um, but that I thought I found it like quite moving, um, throughout because of like reading it that way and, and like thinking about the connections and the ways that this is, this is this felt to me like Wiseman trying to understand his wife who has passed, like being like, okay, I 
can't work right now. I can't I can't work on the projects the way that I need to or like that I would want to in order to just like move past, you know, this this horrible loss. Um, and so it's him sort of like pausing and being able to use this art that has pro that took him away from from that family, uh, from his family for years in order to like try and understand that more, like take the time to understand like what his obsession cost him perhaps and trying to understand uh, his partner's life that, that she led that maybe that maybe he uh, just didn't like there's a line in the film where Sophia says something like um you like the world of imagination and art fulfills you you only come to us for rest and diversion uh and and it, she goes on like an artist takes the best out of his life and puts it in his work his work is great and his life's pathetic and she's like what what about us like what about me and your kids and um but that 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 line about like only coming to us for like rest and diversion really struck me um especially because he talks a lot about like his hobbies that he did in between film and just like, it's hard and maybe it's not fair to, because it's all speculation, but like it's hard not to think about how sad that is that he's I'm trying sure, to reckon yeah. with like not taking that time. And like, we know that they had to, two children together as well which is a big part of this film is like this wife having to raise these yeah. two children uh on her own or the children on on her own and not having that support um and so that just felt very confessional to me and right. it and and it was moving because he wasn't trying to like put himself on the cross but was really trying to do something that felt productive to me which is trying to understand totally. trying to understand her and um and using art to understand is also moving in itself. Yeah, yeah, that's well said. And, you know, again, speculation, but, you know, I, w I wonder also about the timeline of the conception of the project and shooting the project based on when we talked to him in late February uh, 20 it's 22 so so his Zipporah would have died about a year almost just over a year before that January 21 and you think also about this happening in the middle of COVID you know like at a time where everybody's isolated anyway and suddenly you're without your life partner and you know I'm sure the opportunities uh, for like personal reflection are just like non non-ending you know they're constant yeah um, you know and and so it seems natural that this this project in particular would kind of arise out of all of that happening in his life uh, especially with what you're saying you know he can't do his normal thing he can't distract himself yeah. with another documentary you know he he has to deal with these thoughts and emotions you know somehow so so i think it's it's confessional but it's also like an exorcism you know in that way where he's really wrestling with you know what what was you know this decades-long relationship uh and and like you know how can i 
express what it might have meant to me or to her or you know how it might have existed uh, objectively outside of our own perspectives yeah yeah i mean it's 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 really quite touching um and oh i was gonna say i'm like kind of inspired by uh some of the ways that member writes in his journal to kind of just like take a step back and look at this and just just like sort of give him credit for like the sort of like basic fact of like being 92 year old two years old and like making art that is like pushing you to new places and because this is like completely out of like his quote-unquote comfort zone obviously he feels quite comfortable because this movie is really good but um but this isn't something that he has like a ton of like practice and hours like doing and um but like having like being like in these later stages of your life and not just like you know resting on your laurels or just like kind of calling it quits or whatever which are all fair things to do but like really trying to make art that pushes you in new places and think about your own life in new ways which i i just think is very um special and you know he's pushing himself in terms of like his process too i think because the as i understand it the script was like conceptualized in collaboration with natalie uh the the actress and they they came up with the dialogue together um which you know is uh you know you have the sense that weissman is is sort of this like guy uh, you know riding on on high you know directing from from there uh down below um but you know that he maybe in again in reflection of like just the themes of the film and and the reasons for his making it the idea to extend the some of the creative conceptual elements to his like partner in the production you know and and actually truly uh divest control a little bit you know uh in Mm. a way that perhaps he felt he was unable to throughout his life uh in this relationship uh is is also like pretty touching yeah i was trying to see if he did the lighting in the credits because wasn't it (laughs) In Serafitas, he did the lighting, but uh, yeah. I I didn't see it, so I assumed Davy did it. Um, mm-hmm. But and obviously Davy's doing something else here uh, than he has done really for for Wiseman. So there's something there too. Yeah, um, and I, I I have to imagine you know maybe they had you know a couple of um like b- those bounce sheets you know but right, it didn't right. it didn't really strike me that there was artificial lighting and in fact there was one really striking scene where she's where it, like speaking changes. yeah she's speaking to the camera like in front of the pond and like there's must be a cloud going through or something but just the the quality of the light very subtly yeah. shifts from like dark to bright and back you know and um i don't know like in in this relatively sparse film that was very striking and i was yeah. just like whoa kind of yeah know? like yeah yeah for sure i i think it's and i can't remember what she's saying at that point but it it like it resonates with with which like her expressions and and sort of like this like because the the mood of the scene changes and that's kind of like what's what's happening with her performance throughout like many of the scenes is like her like going through because it's not the film is not just her being like you're such a dick why did you treat me so bad (laughs) but like you know it's her it's her talking about like um passion that she has had and passion that he has had for each other and trying to figure out like how that is 
reconciled with the anger that comes and goes and like her resentment because of that. And just like the, she basically is, is just trying to like figure out these questions that there are no answers to. And, um, a lot of times that is talking about like how much she idolized him Mm. or how much he had at times expressed like how important she was to him and her like giving that its credence while also trying to figure out why all this anger and resentment um, existed. So, um, yeah. So like each scene kind of has like these arcs um, within them. Yeah. And I mean, something Nick Rapold noted in his sight and sound review of the film was also that, that his documentaries, and this is something Robert Greene talked to us about too, are like aggressively present tense. Right. Um, and like, you know, in this film is, uh, exclusively like past tense almost, you know, this is somebody looking back on a life of their, their relationship and like sort of, uh, congealing all of these different flashpoints therein, like into one moment, you know, spoken moment to us. Um, but they're talking about like, yeah, you know, when we started, we were so in love and so passionate, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like, so dispassionate at the end. And she vacillates from like being deferential, you know, being like, I understand why you would do X, Y, Z to being like very like accusatory and, and condemning Leo, you know, for his, his lack of, you know, investment in the family and his lack of attention to her. And, um, you know, every sort of stereotype about you know being married to like a prolific important artist um so so like the that that's something that's like really rich and dense is like you know just trying to encompass the entirety of whatever this is you know into this one hour and like all of the emotional vacillations uh inherent in that like makes it like very dense and and uh very rewarding from what we were talking about earlier just thinking about this in terms of like a treatise on relationships and and that was something uh Rapold noted as well as like this could be considered you know a, another institutional study mm-hmm. uh, on on marriage right yeah and um Esther also writes about like how uh the marriage like provides these strictures that so many institutions do um yeah. and uh you know you think about like how she says something about like so many people live life as if they're staring in a mirror and you, you, you get these like ideas about, um, self-discipline or, or like anxiety and like, just sort of like, um, what's the way what's like, I guess just like your self-perception mm-hmm. and living with like various perceptions and how that, uh, how that is like translated into his project as something that is, is like kind of documenting the way that we think about contemporary life and our place within it and sort of the way that we um, restrict ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I wasn't sure where, do you know where these published in her lifetime? These. I, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I actually was in a bookstore the other day over the weekend. Was um, there was like um, 
it wasn't the diary, but it was something similar uh, mm. ab- about them. And um, I was like, ooh, I should read this. But it was like this huge <laughs> yeah, yeah. collection. But I was like, yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> another time. Yeah. Well, well, I was just thinking, you know, it's like, as it relates to what you were just talking about is like, you know, is, is she writing these purely as her own, like exercise, you know, or, or dialogue with her late husband or, or does she have the sense that they're going to be read, you know, by people, you know, for years to come. Right. And we should also say that a lot of it is her recounting his diary. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Um, so she's in conversation with him, which is kind of like a funny play with the title, right? A couple. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, it is in a certain way, um, these two people having a conversation, but you're just getting it from one perspective. Right, right. Oh, I was just going to say, I love the, the, the passage that stuck out to me both times I watched it was the um, part about poetry um, where she's recounting what he said about like... Um, like some people think that poetry is about illumin illuminating life with with a light, and then some people think mm-hmm. it's about about using the light, the lamp to like offer heat. And he's like, no, it's about burning yourself <laughs> with the lamp. <laughs> and it's like, uh, it's like God, that's so good. Like it just uh, captures so much of, of the these ideas about obsession and and um, like the wreckage that you cause um, mm-hmm. with that obsession. Yeah, I mean, you know, probably no surprise from the great Russian novelist was like not the cheeriest dude uh, yeah, in the world, yeah. you know. Um, but like, you know, yeah, they're they're taking notes on this film is is really just like writing down a bunch of quotes, you know, because yeah, there's yeah. there's so much of that going on. But I mean, they even say like happy people are selfish, you know, like mm-hmm. like it to the, the the misery is virtuous you know like it 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 enables the great work um uh another thing i wanted to just quickly shout out is uh seemed like great sound recording from fred on fred's part (laughs) and and what seemed like very windy uh conditions you know um (laughs) maybe maybe some help in post but kudos there but um more kind of formally and thematically uh, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning about, you know, this and what Esther is speaking about in her piece about this, like, visual echoing of his documentaries and his mm-hmm. documentary techniques, you know, there are those moments where, you know, aside from these other formal qualities, the aspect ratio and the color, um, you know, just the rhythm and the content of the frame uh seems like something that would be in in a documentary and then you get Sophia come into frame and it's almost this intrusion this like fictional intrusion upon reality mm. and and like well you know I've, I've I've been called out on letterbox for bringing up Herzog a lot here mm. but uh it did remind me of this one film of his uh Gesualdo a death in five voices which has a scene that operates similar similarly where like one of the main subjects is speaking and moving through this space. And then the camera picks up this woman who's like been planted there. She's an actress. She, but it's like, she just happens to be there. And then she goes on this kind of like very like grand speech, um, you know, Herzog's whole ecstatic truth thing. And it got me thinking in this film, when it reminded me of that, it's like, 
you know, the intrusion on the nonfictional uh, space of the frame, you know, it could be read as being Zipporah herself, you know, and maybe Fred's own conception of like, you know, my work, my documentary mm. work, you know, and then here's my personal life, you know, and it's threatening to encroach or it is encroaching, you know, upon my work, upon my professional life, upon, you know, my my visual expressions. Uh, and it's something that, you know, he probably, as we can surmise from the film, like, you know, took took pains to keep compartmentalized and separated um but you know maybe the most like gracious thing about a couple is that here he he lets that guard down and allows these two parts of himself to come together and in this unified project um and i think that that's really like touching and moving uh, to think mm -hmm. about it that way yeah that's really well said i hadn't thought about that but you have like yeah that's like delicately like framed thing that just gets like collided with um yeah it's a really good like visualization of of what's going on here um i was thinking a lot about just like performance in terms of the themes that we talk about um because obviously or like trying to think about how this plays in with performance because usually when we see well, we've seen a lot of iterations of performance um, in Wiseman's films, and we will continue to. But, um, you know, lots of times it's like public performance, like something we'll talk about in like Central Park um, mm -hmm. and or like Titica Follies. You get like that, you know, performance or model, like very like obvious performances. Um, and but many times like you know the text of his as as esther also noted in her review like the text of the work is like performance of 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 public lives and um obviously we have like the the reverse here which is a performance mm. like a different type of performance is the text of the film um and i really liked the way that uh like she has this this little aside while she's like laying under a tree um, about like how, uh, like everybody wears a mask and, um, she's like saying something about like, uh, some people, um, some people wear a mask and their mask is better than their actual life right. or their, their soul. And she's like, and some people have like such a like good soul, but aren't able to con communicate that with their mask. And it's, it's something that like, sounds so cliche when you say like everybody wears a mask and then like she says that and it's like so articulate to me like it just part of it is her her performance um but it just uh i, I don't know i i found that that touching but also a way that it echoes on his other um films and and to like just think about the people that we see mm -hmm. uh in various public spaces throughout his work and um, this tension that's always going on between like who we are in public and who we are that we aren't able to communicate to the public. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and yeah, like you're saying, like that's something that all of the films generally are looking at in terms of like documenting and acknowledging performance, but also interrogating it and, mm -hmm. and, and just 
deconstructing it and like you know revealing what what the truth is underneath the performance right um so so like very you know of fred's interests um certainly and like i i was actually struck by the the poster of the film you know i, I assume this is the official poster but what's up on letterbox with her uh, reflected in the pond mm-hmm. below her this like dual image right yeah, yeah. of like of like you know the true self and the projected self or something yeah. like that and uh another way I, I thought of it is like it struck me like a, a queen in a deck of playing cards mm-hmm. um you know like like um that that upside down thing so like his you know another way i think he's paying tribute to his wife you know call, calling her a queen yeah <laughs> That's that's really uh, smart though, uh, and there is like just a shot of the reflection as well. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like he includes both, and then like he kind of cuts out. Uh, he like cuts to just the reflection, um, which further and like interrogates, you know, the uh, validity of both, basically. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, in ways that like you know sound very cliche, like in in the abstract but are are not like they're they're so felt here um, yeah. and they feel so sincere yeah um you know how how did this strike you you know i noted in in your letterbox review you know you had some uh, personal event recently <laughs> in your life uh uh, maybe uh, on the different end of the relationship spectrum of what's in the film, uh, but yeah. like, how how was that hitting for you? Yeah, it's interesting. In last episode, you know, when we would when we talked about this before having seen it, and saying like, uh, like I acknowledge that it's not really something that I can understand yet. Like I can like you know I can um, sympathize with and um like take in and like try to understand better but like in terms of feeling it um it's different right and uh but yeah i was as you're alluding to i got engaged recently and congratulations um, yeah and (laughs) and yeah this wasn't the the warmest viewing uh to take in um yeah I, i mean i'm not this young but it's it just makes me think about like her talking about how she was 18 years old when they first got together and like how naive she was and like happy and like um just having like you can see on her face like all of like the history of this relationship and the way that she looks when she says gosh I was 18 it's like she was a different person um and so yeah like watching it it's it's like a, yeah. like uh, I mean, I appreciate that as somebody at, at this stage of my life, I appreciate things like this that are uh, honest about life and mm-hmm. and relationships. Um, but yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I uh, haven't gotten engaged yet, but I'm in a, you know, multi-year long-term relationship with our logo designer. And, um, you know, I... <laughs> I I hear what you're saying, but I also felt a bit defiant. I'm like, you know, sucks for you guys, but we're going to be madly in love forever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. you know? <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. No, no, the, knowing, the knowing the silliness. Of, oh, yeah, the pod's going to cancel. 
Yeah, I mean, not knowing that that's like inherently like a naive and silly uh, thought to have, but like, yeah, I, d- I do agree. With, like, I appreciate this perspective, right? Like, um, some someone well, it's look, looking back the other way. Yeah. What, what you're saying, which is something <laughs> she also talks about, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it's quite good. Um, I think I think it's it's very good. It's better than I thought. It, I or I should say I liked it more than I thought I was going to um, because coming to it like it's not it's not the Wiseman film that we think of right mm-hmm. uh, obviously um, we cherish the documentaries like when this new documentary comes out it's gonna be like <laughs> holy shit like please like that like episode uh, will be seven hours long <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, it will just be something that I'll just cherish that like exists. And this came out kind of like out of nowhere almost. And, um, yeah. and it was also something that is not like the prototypical thing. Like, you know, it doesn't have the boardroom meeting scenes, all that type of <laughs> yeah. stuff that you're looking for, that, that you really cherish. And so I was like really happy for him and as like condescending as that sounds, but happy that he made something and that I, and I was going to come to it, but I didn't have like high expectations or anything like that, especially having seen Seraphita's diary. Right. And so I, 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 I think that added to just like how moved I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, have you seen last letter yet? I haven't. No. Yeah. So, so I, I can't, you know, fully rank it, but yeah, I'd I'd say it's better than Seraphita's diary. You know, Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he's flexing different muscles and it's a different kind of film and, and, um, but you know, it's Weissman's sensibility, I think like through, through and through to the core, you know? So I think if you have been listening to the pod, you know, you watch the films, you know, it's, there's, there's a a wavelength you're going to be able to pick up on that, you know, is, is something to that will help you feel your way through the film uh and you won't you know necessarily be kind of starting from scratch like oh wait there's you know a script this is an actor like what's going on you know like i think i think there are these kind of like footholds for for people familiar with his work um to sort of get get into it and and start digging around but it is like uh strikingly personal um for sure and and like obviously like i mean in a way that seraphita's is not like decidedly not yeah yeah um but like obviously like his documentary work like all like they're just embroiled in his sensibility his sensibility drives them um but this is like a different um side of his personality that we're seeing and that is striking yeah yeah he's never i mean you know we as far as we could tell within the text you know acknowledged anything really about his personal life at all and and you know he's pretty guarded about it in interviews so like you know this is um what i think fair to call like a late period work yeah you know? yeah like a, and it it has those sort of connotations about it too in terms of like kind of pacing and rhythm and tones yeah. and theme you know like disregard like, for audience for sure yeah and and you know we know um because he told us you know he's fred's thinking about mortality uh, a good mm-hmm. deal these days you know and whenever he's embarking on a project, you know, fiction or nonfiction, he has to have in the back of his mind is like, you know, what if, what if this is the last one? So, um, 
there there is that sort of weight i think to this where you know hope we hope that's not the case and that he's able to proceed with uh the next doc as planned um but you know should that end up being the case you know it i think there's there's a consciousness around making mm-hmm. it feel like a fitting bookend you know yeah yeah it's funny i was like I, I was thinking the same thing about like the late period stuff because we've like sort of like been like wringing our hands to, to like define what his late style is but yeah. it's it's really it, it, it comes down to like pretty like facile like things and yeah. um this but this is like yeah like this really does have uh something that you could stamp with that yeah weissman's island weissman's island yeah exactly um well i think that that's a pretty good coverage for for the first time around yeah how do you feel feel pretty good about that um definitely a a flower film any flower floral fans out there plenty (laughs) plenty to enjoy here some great petals a a great floral shawl a lot of foliage um yeah i'm really excited to um I'm I'm really excited for like other fans and stuff to see it, but I'm I'm really excited for like the old guard of like the the like wise yeah. and scho- scholars to see this and to be able to like uh, talk with them about it. And so, uh, sure. if you're listening to this, we look forward to to discussing with you. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's been a coverage of Un Couple. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Frederick Wiseman's A Couple, uh, his 2022 film. Until next time, this is Wiseman Podcast. See you soon.